So you know my parents' friends from high school that are very, very close to me, Ralph and Ray? The gays. Yeah. So Ray used to do car tricks. He still does them. And so when I was when I was little, I was like so mystified by them. And I would always ask, Ray, how did you do that? And his response would always be very well. And I've learned in this documentary, he stole that or he took it. He's paying homage to the amazing Randy who yes. said that on like the Carson show or something. I love Ray and Ralph. Hey, girls. <laughs> Before we get to the episode, just a reminder, we are knee-deep in the vow, girl. If you're looking for more of Jillian and me, find us on the Patreon. What a journey, because I went from hating Nexium to also hating the vow and taking issue with HBO. So it's real. It's a real roller coaster, for sure. Yeah, you were really into it. I really like it. It's nine eps, you guys. We're going to get there. I was like, God, not since the 29 episodes of Making a Murderer we did have we been on a thing for so long. I know. It's true. It's our second longest, but Making a Murderer will always, always always be number one. You can also find ad-free versions of these episodes. We've got after parties and ringtones and coronavirus check-ins and it's just a whole party. Yeah, sometimes we send you stuff in the mail like my mom has a fuck the 70s magnet now, <laughs> which is a thing that happens. That came from my living room to your mother's living room. There you go. She loves it. Also, you guys, just a reminder, every Thursday between now and Christmas, we are adding an extra Thursday episode covering Netflix's incredible Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. episodes 1 through 12, straight in order. Girl, you having fun? I'm having so much fun. I also really love the tweets of people saying, are you going to, like, you should do season two. Bro, we're doing all of it. All 12 Fs in a row, and you do nothing. It's just going to be on your podcast feed. This is not for the pates. This is just for you. No, we timed it so that uh-huh. it would all happen in a row. I'm like, you guys, why do you think we waited till October? Yeah, I mean, it is the most wonderful time of the year from October yeah, through true. December. But still, our gift to you, as I true. always say. <laughs> is back. You guys, when money is tight, investing in yourself may not be top of mind, but mental health is a necessity, not a luxury. And guess what, you guys? Taking care of yourself doesn't have to break the bank. Investing in your mental health has long-term benefits, and with Talkspace, it can actually be affordable, you guys. So here's the thing. With Talkspace Online Therapy, you connect with a licensed therapist for a fraction of the price of in-person therapy. You get matched with your perfect therapist from the comfort of your device, and you can reach out 24-7 whenever something's on your mind, girl. Girl, I'm going to harken back to a for a second because that's what I care about. <laughs> Please do. Yes, Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7 and they'll engage daily five days a week, you guys. And now Talkspace covers 40 million people for online therapy through their insurance or employer. Come on now, that's affordable. That is affordable, you guys. The bottom line is we all need someone to talk to. Look, for me, it can't just be Jillian all the time as much as I want it to be. But still, you can text me 24-7, five days okay, a week. Thanks. <laughs> and you do. You guys, Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. So as a listener of TCO, you get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code TCO to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's TCO and Talkspace.com. And we love you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Girl, what are we talking about today? We are talking about an honest liar. I had never heard of this movie at all. This was a GP pick, you guys. I was telling Jillian that like I watched, the, my, my normal process is to watch the whole thing and then go back and take notes on it, so I watch it twice. Yes. This morning, I got two-thirds of the way through, and I was like, I'll just start it at the beginning, because I was running a little bit late on time. I'm like, I'll just start at the beginning like later in the afternoon when I when I do my notes before we record. I was raving about this documentary all day, like one of the, maybe my favorite we've ever covered. Like, really? I mean, I was so into it until I watched it the second time today and got to the last like third and it goes off a goddamn cliff you guys yeah so i did i had never seen this before but in terms of a gp pick i was like can we throw a quirky in there can we get like an art heist kind of thing going i googled and we came here but yeah. it had it's, it has like a 98 on rotten tomatoes or something like people love this movie yeah they haven't seen the last 15 minutes i'm assuming <laughs> no, they, yeah their battery died before they got to the end of it <laughs> if i thought that any of this would be used i would abandon the film entirely Gentlemen, I'm the Amazing Randy. The Amazing Randy. The Amazing Randy. Ta-da! The Conjurer, Prestidigitator, Liar, Cheat, and Fake. 
The life of Harry Houdini reads very similar to the life of James Randi. If you're going to get your head cut off, you go to the best guy. Amazing Randy was the best guy. Randy, you've been going around the country trying to debunk those who say that it's psychic power. I can't think of that technical term. Oh, yes, both. What I do is bending or breaking objects. Uri Geller pulled the pants off them. It was astonishing. Bend. Look. Can you do the spoon bending trick? Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? <laughs> do you know how many times Randy tried to ruin my career? No matter how smart or well-educated you are, you can be deceived. So this thing opens in this really great way where we see this old man who's kind of like giving a monologue, uh -huh. walking into like what can only be described as like a library on Diagon Alley. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Nice reference. Like a very magic-y, old-timey. He literally at one point like taps his cane on the floor and like a bookshelf moves over so he can go into a secret room. <laughs> Absolutely. He is such a character and yeah. you're instantly like, all right, I'm in. And so he just starts by saying like, it's okay to fool people as long as you're doing that you teach them a lesson which will better their knowledge of how the real world works no matter how smart or well educated you are you can be deceived we find out that this guy, his name, he goes by the amazing Randy with an I. Randy with an I, everybody. Because his name is James Randy. R-A-N-D-I is his last name. So then he's the amazing Randy. As the opening credits are happening, we see this like old footage of him like doing a trick on like an old timey TV show. This is one of my favorite opening credit sequences I have ever seen yeah. in my life. It's from like the 40s or the 50s. He's getting out of a straight jacket while hanging from his feet. And this orchestra plays and like in walks Miss Joyce Hobbs singing You've Got the Magic Touch or whatever and he's getting himself free. The footage is unreal. It is unreal that we get to see this. It is so 40s. I'm obsessed. I know. It casts a spell It rings a bell The magic touch So now Suddenly, the opposite of like this cool vintage 1940s thing, we're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida <laughs> in July 2011. Listen, I gotta say, Florida is on her best behavior in this episode. Like, Florida really doesn't do anything all that bad. Well, she's great because really, we're at this diner that Randy right. loves. He really needs his coffee. <laughs> and he just starts telling us, like, he has these, like, all these issues with psychics. See, I've always had my battle with the psychics, the so-called, and I use that word in quotations all the time, remember that. I gotta tell you, we're like, we're sitting in a booth with him at this diner and like having worked with the public for a very long time, when somebody that old comes in, it's gonna go one of two ways. Uh -huh. They're either gonna be the worst or they're gonna be him. And he uh -huh. is totally amazing. And he's just, he's wonderful. He does that thing when he like goes to leave the diner, he stops in front of the cake. Like the pie thing, yeah, that like revolving <laughs> thing. He's doing the Wayne's World, like we're not worthy bow. He's like worshiping the pies. I, like instantly you're like, okay, so we meet Randy doing that with that cool footage from the 40s or whatever and then this and you're like I like the guy I so know. I'm gonna hear him out but we start to see all this old footage of him from like back in the 70s and the 80s mm -hmm. he was on Carson and we see him on a Bob Barker thing and it literally looks like he's on the set of The Price is Right like pre The Price is Right or something and he says this really cool thing where he's like magicians are the most honest people in the world they tell you they're gonna fool you and then they do it so I just love the idea of like using deception for good. Right. And so that's his whole thing. That like his idol was Houdini and Houdini was a cool magician but he also was a debunker of like the people who were like no I'm psychic. I have real magical powers. And so that's what this guy Randy does too. So the, he like follows people around the country. Like they go on Carson. The next night he's on Carson saying this is really how you did it. So he's on Carson debunking what is this is horrifying. Psychic surgeons where it looks. Have you ever seen this before? I've seen yes. this before. Yeah. Where it looks like they're like reaching into someone's stomach and pulling their spleen out and their yeah. liver. Like, it yeah. looks like all they're doing is reaching in. Why you would ever want someone to do this to you, I have no idea. Like, why this is something that me, that people are like, ooh, ah, I'm like, get it away from me. You're just going to casually go to, like, a foreign country and get somebody to reach into your stomach and pull your spleen out. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. We got plenty of bullshit over here. I don't need, I'm fine. 
But Randy, the amazing Randy goes on Carson and he's like. And believe me, the gimmick is so simple. You can buy it for 75 cents in a magic shop. And he does it. And some poor guy who does not have any problems with his body, no. like lies on a table. The guy has my body, by the way. He's not ashamed. He no, lets Randy pull be. his shirt up and like do this like fake psychic surgery. It is bananas. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't come out. I'm like, Randy, can you just be a little nicer sometimes? Because he's very, even though, like, if I'm not him already, I'm very close to, like, that's my future. <laughs> just yelling at everybody, basically, and telling them, like, what is an illusion. But he's like, it's always some tired person in a shack someplace in Idaho or Iowa, someplace like that, who gets picked up by extraterrestrials, and they have their genitals examined in great detail, and they can't wait to get on Oprah to describe it. He's not 100% wrong. <laughs> So now we're on the set of a game show called To Tell the Truth, which I guess I've heard of. Yes, it's how Catch Me If You Can starts. Frank Abagnale went on to tell the truth. That's it's a very, very popular game show. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see this thing where it's like one of these three men pretended to be possessed by an ancient spirit. Number one, what is your name, please? My name is Jose Alvarez. Number two. My name is Jose Alvarez. Number three. My name is Jose Alvarez. Only one of these people is the real Jose Alvarez and is the only one sworn to tell the truth. We will come back to this, but we meet this guy, Jose Alvarez. And we get this story that this Jose Alvarez and Randy are very close. We don't know the relationship yet, but like... Randy tells us the story about basically being a creepy old man, like picking up this young kid at a library. And I keep waiting for that to be like, no, that's not what happened, you guys. That's totally what happened. <laughs> I first met Jose Alvarez in the Fort Lauderdale Public Library. I offered to explain something about one of the photographs he was looking at. I remember we looked at books on telescopes, and I told him I had such a telescope at home. The, the Quest Star were able to go out at night with a tripod and see the moons of Jupiter and all kinds of good things like that, which is always very exciting to show somebody. Not only is he being like a creepy old guy, like picking up the young hot guy, yeah. but he also does this thing, which is so annoying. Like Jose Alvarez is just in a library. He's just yes. reading, minding his own business. And Randy <laughs> comes over and like offers to explain what he's looking at, <laughs> which is like so mansplainy and annoying. Has that ever happened to you, girl? <laughs> Patrick, sweetheart. <laughs> The amount of times I have I been approached against my will, I, I cannot even. I know. Like, don't it. I'm reading it. I, the book is explaining itself to me. I don't need a human being to do anything. I am sitting here in a library. Yes. Yes. Let the book do the work. Right. The women are doing. Let the book do what it's supposed. I'm reading. Get away. I know. The relationship between Jose and Randy is very, very sweet. I just got very excited and I said, I need to, I need to be with him more. <laughs> but like, there is a thing. I mean, it's, it's like in all sexual orientations, I'm sure this is a real thing, but like old men sort of picking up like young hot boys, and, like, and this guy was of age. It really wasn't creepy, but like this was the beginning of me being like, Randy, I really like you. We're not going to find out that you're garbage, right? We're not going to find out that you've got like 10 computers full of kitty porn at home or anything. Like that's not going to be a thing. We've been burned so many times <laughs> before, so Randy. Randy. Spoiler, he doesn't, you guys. He doesn't, <laughs> so let's not get mad at him when we don't have to. And this guy, Jose, like loves him, and he says that like... When when I first met Randy, I wasn't aware of who he was. And I was there when he won the MacArthur Award. Gentlemen announced we're calling from the MacArthur Committee and he told me that I'd won the prize. And uh, I, I answered in my most intelligible way, I'd be, to be, to be, to be. Then I got a real feel of the kind of uh, impact that he was having culturally. The MacArthur Genius Grant is a big fucking deal, you guys. It's like basically like the MacArthur Foundation saying, like, you're really great at what you do. You're the best in the world at it. Here's $500,000 for you to just go do that more. Just do the thing. And so Jose says, all right, well, that's when I knew the cultural impact that, that Randy had. And yeah. then we get this title card and it's the Carlos hoax. And underneath <laughs> it says, but that doesn't even scratch the surface. And I'm like, I like a cheeky title card. I'm in. Totally. So immediately, we're watching like an old clip of 2020 with Hugh Downs, you guys. Hugh Downs. Uh, Hugh Downs. And he is telling us about this woman. This woman is Jay-Z Knight. 
She's also the one they call Ramtha, a mystical male spirit, 35,000 years old, who claims to be divine. This woman basically is claiming that she is possessed or can be possessed by a spirit of a 30,000-year-old divine figure. Male. Male, exactly, exactly. And so apparently this was a thing. These people were called, like, channelers. And in the 80s, apparently they were just running wild in the United States. Yeah, and, and Hugh Downs is like, you know, this 35,000-year-old spirit who claims to be divine. And I'm like, Hugh, right. if he really is 35,000 years old, he is divine. Right. <laughs> if it's true, it's pretty cool. I want it to be this 35,000-year-old spirit who claims to be divine from the John Waters movie. Divine, yeah, yeah, like divine. Totally. Like the divine we know. <laughs> And so Randy is here talking shit about all these channelers because he's like, they talk in weird voices and get and charge tons of money for it. And then there's a montage of people doing exactly that. God bless you, Dr. Pepe. All right, I'll say, how are you this day of your time as you create time to exist? And like the context of it is like it's coming out of this basic white woman. Right, right. And speaking of basic white women, Barbara Walters is here to tell us that this is called the <laughs> New Age Movement. You know what, Barbara? We'll get back to you later. <laughs> Barbara, sweetheart. I've had it with Barbara. Well, she really gets her come up in, as far as Randy's concerned in this a little bit. She really does. She gets her heart Barbara- broken. <laughs> he shatters her heart into a thousand pieces. And he is, he's thrilled to do it. Stay tuned. I know. It's so true. But the thing is, and Randy, I love him so much because he's like, oh, they would do this thing, these channelers. Oh, what's the technical term? I can't think of that technical term. Oh, yes. Bullshit. Oh, bullshit. Right. And I'm like, Randy, girl, I am so in. Like, everyone should be like this in a documentary. If when you're debunking something, be like Randy. Travel down the road and back again. You guys, we want to tell you about another podcast we love, hosted by handsome blue eyes himself, Payne Lindsay. <laughs> Payne Lindsay, host of Up and Vanished, is back with a new true crime podcast, and this time he's partnered with Disgraceland host Jake Brennan. You know Disgraceland is right up my alley, so I am here for <laughs> this. <laughs> So this podcast is called Dead and Gone, and it takes a deep investigative dive into the mysterious disappearances and murders of self-proclaimed deadheads. That's like the cult-like following of the band The Grateful Dead. You know that rock band, girl? Even I know that, you guys. Okay, great. If you know nothing about The Grateful Dead, don't worry. All you need to know is that Payne Lindsay is involved, and also that over several decades, numerous fans of the band have been murdered or died mysteriously. I didn't know this, but some of them were even killed at concerts. What? Apparently, other fans have vanished never to be seen again. One fan even resurfaced 20 years after he disappeared. Subscribe immediately. Dead and Gone is filled with what we obsess over in true crime. Small town murders, mysterious disappearances, wrongful conviction, cults. You know that's where I live. You can binge the first four episodes of Dead and Gone now with new episodes every Thursday. So make sure you subscribe to Dead and Gone today and find out what happened to these deadheads. What is happening? And if you see my sweet blue-eyed pain teller, I said, hey girl. Hey Jake Brennan. So Randy's whole point is that, like, again, these people were total con artists. They're taking everybody's money. They're making, like, $200,000 a night. And he's like, the media never looked into it. And so 60 Minutes Australia calls Randy, and they're like, girl, this is batshit. Like, how can we prove that these people are lying? And Randy's like, well, you can't. The only thing that we can actually do is, like, create a fake one of these that we know is fake who will eventually expose themselves and show everybody how stupid they are. And 60 Minutes Australia is like, girl, we are in. What, what do you yes. need from us? <laughs> Once again, Australia is doing everything right. Exactly. Once yeah. again, Australia is just like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> good, good on you, Australia. Keep it up. Loving you from afar. Wish I was there. So Randy comes up with this idea. It's called the Carlos hoax. So he's going to take his like young, cute boyfriend, Jose, and fake turn him into one of these channelers and take him to Australia and just drag him around and just see if everybody falls for it. His name is Carlos, and you've probably seen him on television or mentioned in the press. Carlos is involved in the mystical field of channeling. Carlos, if you believe him, is a spiritual messenger who occupies the body of this 19-year-old Puerto Rican artist, Jose Alvarez. They do this brilliant thing where they create a fake press kit for him, and it's full of, like, newspaper clippings of newspapers that don't exist. Right. Like, poll quotes, references, like, all this stuff. Talking about theaters that don't, like, saying that he's, like, sold out this, like, 7,000-seat theater that doesn't exist. Right. And in the context of this press kit, people like Barbara Walters put this on 2020, and then people sitting at home 
home with their TV dinners think, oh my God, if Barbara Walters is telling me about it, it must be true. Right. I just want to say one thing where I'm like, how are they supposed to corroborate this without the internet, right? And Randy's like, no one in the media bothered to check up on one of these details. They could have picked up the phone and just checked and they would have found out that they were being deceived. No, girl, they could have just picked up the phone and called this theater. They would have found out that this theater doesn't exist. Right. Randy's whole point is to say that, like, everyone is letting this happen. Everyone is complicit in the scheme if you're not going to do your fucking job. And we see old, old footage of Randy typing up the press release, and he's like, what trash this is, as he's typing, like, making up theaters and doing all this shit. And we see all this, like, video of Carlos pretending to be a real person really possessed by a 35,000-year-old spirit, and he is really into it. Right, so, like, Jose is acting like this Carlos person. Crystals are fossils of long ago. It will be astronomical in nature. And he's selling out appearances. He has disciples. There are yes. people saying like, I know he's definitely psychic. Mm. It's something that I can feel coming from him. I thought it was great. Very sincere, I thought. Do you believe him? Yeah, I do. Oh, these poor Australians. You guys, he sells out the Sydney Opera House. They say uh-huh. they're in Australia for 60 hours. They've made eight major TV appearances, headlines in national papers, and now they're selling out the Sydney Opera House and these poor interviewees who are just like, yeah, I could really feel him. And you're like, I will spare you my terrible Australian accent, but <laughs> I, I just felt, either. So, I felt so bad for these people. Well, because they're sitting there thinking, uh, this is Australia. We're right. great. We make good decisions. <laughs> There's no way Australia would let us be duped by this. We're not America. Right. We're not those idiots. We're Australians, goddammit. So exactly. if they feel like, well, why wouldn't they trust Carlos, Jose, and Randy and all this stuff? So then they were like, a 60 Minutes Australia is like, gotcha. And they revealed that it was all fake. The most basic fact about Carlos was that he simply doesn't exist. That's the real teaching of Carlos. And then Randy's like, though I had just a year or so before this Australian event, actually met Jose Alvarez. I was very pleased at what it did for our relationship because it uh, it really cemented it pretty well. We decided after that that uh, we sort of belonged together. It's very sweet. And so now we get his backstory. And this guy's full name is Randall James Hamilton Zwinge. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> And he's born in Toronto in 1928. And so he's saying to us, like, he's like, I recognized, I guess at a very early age, that uh, my feelings were different from those around me. And it was pretty evident to me that that was heavily frowned upon. I perhaps felt like a bit of an outsider. They trot out the gayest picture I've ever seen of, like, a five-year-old. We literally, he's, like, sitting with his mother, and he's, like, got his elbow up and his foot back and, his like, his head towards the sky. And I was like, oh, my God, girl. <laughs> well, then, I, it's just, like, he tells this story about how his dad, like, didn't have any conversations with him. And I'm like, that dad sucks. But he I basically know. says, like, he was a very, very smart, self-taught kid where he was free to wander around Toronto because he was so smart that the school only let him show up for tests, but he could do all the work himself at home. That doesn't seem like a good school system, Toronto. I hope the rules have changed since 1928. Yeah, so then, like, at one day where, like, everyone else, all those suckers are in the classroom and he's just, right. like, like living life on the streets and getting his education his own way, he walks by and he, like, finds this casino theater on Queen Street and he sees this famous Harry Blackstone and he sees him do magic and sleight of hand stuff and he goes, yeah. this, this is, this is, That was wonderful. I was transfixed. How could the man do such a thing? I determined at that moment I was going to become a professional magician. So much because it is a, a story of this kid sort of like not having any direction, feeling like an outsider, and theater saved him. Like that's yeah. a that's a true story that so many you don't have to be gay to identify with that story, but if you are gay, you probably identify with that story. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like theater has become such a home for so many people, and it was such a beautifully told story with like great archival images and oh, footage. Like yeah. it, like documentary maker, whoever you are, that part was so fucking well done. I 
I'm not forgiving you for the last 15 minutes of this. No, but I that will get there. We will uh, <laughs> respond accordingly. I also said, like, you know, good on you, Randy. This turned out great, but that also could have resulted in a life of sex work and drugs. It could have gone the other way. This is a beautiful story about a kid that didn't have any parents, but, right. like, they don't all work out like that. A hundred percent. And he's, he's like, all right, so here's how I would open my act. You guys want to know how, how yeah. I open my act? And I'm like, yes, I'm on the edge of my seat, popcorn, first row. And he's like, here, here's what I would do. I'd come out there and I'd be like, hey, good evening. My name is the great Randall. I'm a liar, a cheat, and a charlatan. I will blatantly lie to you, but for purposes of entertainment only, of course. And those lies may not be discernible from the truth. Like, I'm hooked. That's just my kind of thing. I would be like, I love that. It's so amazing. And he says, he has this like big moment in his career at the age of 21 when he predicts the outcome of the World Series that year. And he says that this is a kind of a big moment for him because all of a sudden he knows he doesn't have any like actual psychic abilities, but people think he does. People would stop me in the street, literally, and start to ask personal questions, family questions and such that they thought I could answer. And even offering me money to predict whether the husband that the girl had chosen was the right one. That was quite a comeuppance for me because I realized, you know, people really do believe this nonsense. Penn of Penn and Teller is here to say to us that like, I know that surge of power that you feel when you use a cheap trick to manipulate someone else into thinking you have powers that you don't have. And I think it's, very much to the good of the world that when Randy felt that power, he backed away from it. That's a real moment when you realize you can dupe these idiots. Mm -hmm. And that's a moment that you have to decide. Are you going to be the guy who's going to like do this for a living and cheat and actually really lie to people for money? Right. Or are you going to like pull back from that and say like, no, it's all entertainment. And doing that, the all entertainment bit gives you way less power, but like a lot more like legitimacy. Yeah. And they say like with that knowledge of that power and that feeling with it came a rage. And I'm like, is this about me? What's happening here? Because he, he realized like that there are people out there not making the choice he made to not dupe people. And that right. is the moment where he was like, oh, fuck this. Like that. Then his whole thing was like, yeah, being a magician was my passion. Now it's also tearing these people down. And I'm so here for it. It's ridiculous. And the first one of these dirtbags that we meet is this guy, Uri or Yuri Geller. Yeah, this guy's famous. Like, Yeah, I guess so. He was also super hot. Whatever. He sucked. <laughs> But he's the guy who would bend the spoons on TV. Like, exactly. we know him. I just know him through pop culture, but I don't care yeah. about him. He's like Carrie. Remember Stephen King Carrie? Like, the yeah, telekinesis? Yeah. Like, she can move shit with her mind? Uri Geller is saying that he can do that, and he can bend silver spoons on The Carson Show. What I do is um, telepathy, and that is, as everybody knows, is receiving thoughts and uh, passing passing thoughts. And then I have the other power, which I, which I read that they call psychokinesis. And that is moving or, or bending or breaking uh, objects. So in the 70s, he's like duped scientists into right. kind of giving him credibility and saying, oh, no, no, this is real. Like, Yeah, and it's really annoying because we're not talking about like Dr. Fauci, like not those kinds of scientists. No. We're talking about parapsychologists. These are yeah. scientists who study like the paranormal. Like the Ghostbusters, like Fankman and the Ghostbusters. Totally. But like we are going to learn down the road that like they want the paranormal to be real. Right. And so they're looking the other way. They're not trying to disprove him they're only trying to prove that it's right exactly but it legitimizes this guy and it's super annoying to me and it's super annoying to randy right because he's doing all these tests and like undergoing all this observation and randy like it just like cuts to randy and he's like if i may yeah so these <laughs> bozos running the joint were really quite a pair first of all one of the observers is legally blind first of all targ is legally blind and uh he was one of the observers duh he fooled the pants off them it was astonishing they saw Nobel Prizes on the horizon because if you discovered there really were psychic powers, that would certainly bring you a Nobel Prize or two. Just for the record, because this comes up again in a minute, one of the tests that these parapsychologists gave him was like, they put him mm -hmm. in another room, they have these like 10 little canisters and they put like a ball in one of the canisters and he has to psychically know which canister the ball is in. And so like in with the scientists, he does it. But like, it's not real and we'll get to that in a second. Right, so now he's on Carson and Uri Geller is doing the same thing that the scientists 
just had him do with the canisters. He's doing yeah. it on Carson. But the Carson show calls Randy and they're like, Randy, so we have Uri Geller on and we all know he's full of shit. So can you come on and just like, <laughs> like gotcha him in front of everyone on like the most watched show in history right now? And Randy's like, they asked if I could come into California to appear on the show that night. And I said, boy, this is rather short notice, but I will talk to your prop man and I'll tell the prop man how he can prepare the props in such and such a way that if it's real, Geller can do it. But if it's a fake, Geller won't be able to do it. Can we just take a break and be like, why doesn't Rand? I just be on the next plane. What do you mean you can't make it? Just get on a plane. I know, but and also Carson, like, call him, give him a little advance notice. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't know why he can't make it either. Yeah. Like, just get on the 405, right? That's a place, that's a highway in Los Angeles that you guys are always on the 405. Exactly. Can't make it to the Tonight Show? Are you kidding me? But I love how Randy's like, oh, he'll have me on next week. It's fine. He's been on a hundred times. So he gets on the phone with the prop guy and he's like, here's the thing. So put like rubber cement on the little canisters, but don't like glue them. Just like make it so that the canisters can't slide on the table. So the props are set up in a way where if this is real, if like right. Geller is like Carrie white and has telekinesis, yeah. he can do it. But if it's all bullshit, like we know it is, it won't be able to work because they won't be able to slide on the table. But this is my question. How is it that he's allowed to see the canisters sliding or not sliding before he has to pick which one has the ball in it? Like he should uh-huh. be blindfolded. Right, right, you know right, right, what I mean? Right. And then like the tray should be put down in front of him and then he has to pick. Well, he's allowed to carry the tray over to the table? No. But we see it. We see it all. So we see this thing and there are all these little aluminum cans and whatever. And so we see that Uri can't do the trick. He blames Johnny Carson for it. (laughs) And Carson is being so patient. He's like, I don't mean to press you. um... Okay, uh, let me see. We'll start eliminating the ones that do not have the water. Without touching them. He is really suspicious, you know. I'm having a hard time with you. Okay, I don't mean to be, all right? I no, really no, don't. Just, just keep looking. They're like making chit chat and he's like, so girl, you ready now? Can you imagine if this was like fucking Kimmel? <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> because what Uri's sitting there and he's like, ooh, and he's like touching his forehead and he's really yeah. trying to like get the, the whole thing is like, I have to feel it. I have to feel the energy. And Carson's like leaning over his desk like, is it now? Is, is this it? Is this it? And he's like, you know, Johnny, like, I, I really, I'm really like not really liking your energy here. I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah, struggling yeah. with this. Blames it on Carson, please. They have to shut down the show for 20 minutes because the guy's just sitting there. How does that work? Is it like a live show? It was the 70s. Who the hell knows what they were doing? We learned that all bets were off in the 70s. So then they like shut down the show. They go to this like extra long commercial break. So they come back from commercial and Johnny's like, Uri, why don't you tell the people what you just told me, sweetheart? Sorry. We are back. Your Uri was telling me you 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 don't feel what strong tonight. I don't is that feel strong? Don't be disappointed. I'm not. What is it? You're not feeling it tonight? Is that your answer? And he's like, yeah, like I just don't feel strong. And he's totally like, it was a complete bust. And so I'm yeah. sitting here. I'm like, and that's the end of Uri Geller, right? No, nobody cared because everyone wants it to be real. That's the thing. That's the thing that makes Randy the angriest is how dumb the American public is. They're just like, whatever. He wasn't feeling it, Randy. Calm down. Totally gaslighting Randy like Randy's the problem. Travel down the road and back again. Girl, Ritual is back. Ritual is like one of my new favorite sponsors to do the ads for because they're all about being traceable and transparent and we love that. I love them too. So Ritual is this multivitamin, right? And they have this clean, vegan-friendly formula that's made with key nutrients and forms your body can actually use. So there's no shady extras and it's also sensitive enough that you don't have to have like a whole bowl of pasta. I mean, if you want to have the bowl of pasta before, that's fine. But you can have it on an empty stomach, which actually is really important for me because I have sensitive skin, a sensitive stomach. I'm a whole mess. But Ritual is here for me. And a sensitive friend named Patrick. Right. Girl, you've been taking the ritual for forever. Like, do you even remember what it was like before? No, I don't remember a lot about the before times. And one of those before times is taking ritual. But I do remember actually the first time I started taking it because I can't really take big pills. But these help because they're minty, fresh flavored. You guys, ritual makes healthy habits easy. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. And you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. Yeah, and if you don't love ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Come on. No pressure. You guys, you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash TCO to start your ritual today. We love Ritual. Uh... Mm, So minty, seriously. (laughs) Now we're with Alice Cooper. Do you guys remember Alice Cooper? (laughs) 
What's his band? Alice Cooper. But he was with a band. Was he Kiss? He was not Kiss. But he was just like Alice, like Alice Cooper. Then like it was just like the musicians that played with him. But he was just like Cher. Okay. If that if that helps you, does that help you? Madonna, Cher. <laughs> Was he at all like the Indigo Girls? <laughs> he was. Oh, wait, okay, p- picture the Indigo Girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. The complete opposite of the Indigo Girls, okay. Alice Cooper. <laughs> but like Alice Cooper is saying like he's making this music and he wants to take it to the next level and he wants to incorporate illusions. Let's use illusion. If you're going to get your head cut off, it can be scary and funny at the same time, but it's got to be professional. So you go to the best guy, and Amazing Randy was the best guy. Then we see, like, a music video with Alice Cooper dressed as a toothbrush, attacking uh-huh. Randy dressed as the tooth fairy. It uh-huh. seems like they were best friends. Right, and it's funny because the, like, the Alice Cooperness of it all kicks yeah. off this whole, like, Randy being all over pop culture, from Alice Cooper to Happy Days. Now he's with the Fonz. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm the Amazing Randy. Hey, the Amazing Randy. Fonzie. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You really saved the day. Are you kidding? Whoa. You guys, Henry Winkler, I forgot what a fox he was. Oh, my God. I love Henry Winkler to this day. I know. He's hilarious on Barry. He's the nicest guy. To me, he's like, he's up there with Dick Van Dyke, who you know, my first crush. I'm obsessed with Dick Van Dyke. Were they supposed to be in high school on Happy Days? Because he looks like he's 40. Especially the Fonz. The Fonz was very, oh, hey, hey, oh. I love the Fonz. Mrs. C, he was the best. So in 1987, he goes on The Tonight Show. The first time I watched this, I was having a heart attack. And the second time I I had to skip through it. I could not watch it. I know, because it kind of goes nowhere, but it's just a terrifying story. Right, exactly. And the whole thing is he was brought on to recreate a Houdini trick. I'm going to immerse myself inside the can. My body will displace some of the water. The water will be filled right to the very top, and the lid will be locked on. And uh, I was going to do the milk can. Where basically he puts himself in like this big can of water. Yeah. And then he gets padlocked inside it. And it's real, you guys. Like the water is real. Yeah. I kept thinking it was going to be like an illusion. No, he's in there. Yeah. And we see it. And he's telling the story of as soon as they put the lid on the thing and padlocked it. I couldn't get out of the milk can. Something had jammed and I heard a crackling noise. It turned out there was a couple of my vertebrae that had been chipped and the pain was rather considerable, to say the least. He felt the vertebrae in his back break. And I don't, I, I don't, I just don't. And he's, no, he's got to get out. No one's going to rescue right. him. Right. And then he's like, I realized if I panicked, I'd die. So I didn't panic. And I'm like, what kind of train of thought is that? What is that like? That's like the best magic <laughs> trick he has, where it's like, I might die. I know. I know I can't panic. And then he doesn't panic. The minute you tell someone not I to know. panic, that's when they start panicking. Randy, how do you do it? And we are watching the clock ticking down. Like, he's in there for like 45 fucking seconds. And he's not even trying to get out because he can't because he's in such excruciating pain. And he He's telling us the story now. He's like, Finally, I heard the noises that they were doing the padlocks. I roared up out of the water, and there I was. I had been saved. It was a close call. I have to imagine, so I can start breathing, because I feel the water coming up. I know. I have to imagine that there's they have their own ticking clock. And he says, this is not going to happen because I'm the amazing Randy and I'm going to get out of this. But when the clock strikes like a minute and a half, can you just let me out just for safety? I mean, I can't hold my breath for 30 seconds. I can't even imagine it. at all. There's got to be some kind of safety protocol so that they don't just leave the guy drowning in a fucking metal (laughs) tank, right? (laughs) There's no escape hatch for him. Like, this is it. It is banana pants and then they wheel him out at the end of the show on a stretcher like he's like bye like during the like the SNL good nights where it's like hey thanks so much I want to thank Alice Cooper for being here and the amazing Randy thanks so much and he's just like bye and he decides it's time to retire like that was the last trick it, it wasn't a great blow to me and I was at the point where I thought that maybe it was time to get out of this business I think it gave him the opportunity to focus full time on what he regarded as the bigger, better targets. Yeah, maybe it was time to get out of the biz. And so we meet this guy, Jamie Ian Swiss. And I kind of love this this magician. He's a magician oh, yeah. and an author. He's like a, a cool, very hip guy. And he's like, you know, one day we were just hanging out, you know, magi- doing magician stuff. Slide a hand, a couple card tricks here and there, putting a cigarette through a quarter, the usual. Nerd alert. I'm like, I would be transfixed. So one day Randy turns to him and he's like, you know what? I remember him saying to me, you know, there comes a point you just don't want to see a little old guy getting out. 
out of a can. I don't know if we physically described him, you guys. He is like three and a half feet tall. He's teeny tiny. He's got a Santa Claus beard. He's like just this tiny little elf of a human being. And he's totally right. Like there's something about watching David Blaine sit in an ice cube for seven days that is like sexy in a way that watching this tiny little- You're you're into it all? Really? God damn it. I'll tell you a story. David Blaine used to come into this restaurant that I worked at down in the village. It was called Moomba. It was used to be cool. Oh, wow. Remember Moomba? (laughs) Yeah. One day, David Blaine was standing at the host desk talking to the host and he levitated. He levitated like a a solid foot off the ground. Get out of here. I'm not, I mean, I witnessed it with my own fucking eyes. Get out of here. I'm serious. I'm sure that it was like a trick. We all knew him. He was very nice and he would do shit like that just to like make us all scream and we all did. Oh, we loved it. It was all for the attention. But I just, there's there's a part of me for some reason, I I feel like we're on a college show. I want to be like, David, give us a call and explain how you did it. I want him to call in live right now. I don't know why I I feel that way. I think all the egg crates, I feel like I'm in a radio studio from back in my old radio days. But so anyway, he's like, he's 55. He's like, I've had it. I'm doing my last straight jacket escape. From now on, all I'm going to do is debunk these scammers because I am mad. And now, everyone, it's time to pull over. You know it. What time is it? How far are we? Pull over, turn the car off. Do not operate heavy machinery during this. Whatever town you're in by a goddamn house, it's going to be a while. You want to know why? Because we're at the goddamn faith healers, okay? The more I I talk about this, the more I'm like, Randy and I, very similar. I know. I have no time for this shit. I think the, all these people should be arrested. I think it should be yes. illegal. I think they should be destroyed. Let's destroy Peter Popoff like Randy did. Totally. This fucking guy. It's the 80s too, by the way. Like, I was alive for the... 1986, I was in fourth grade. Like, I vaguely remember this faith healer bullshit. Randy's like... I did a lot of investigation. I visited a lot of these tent shows, as we called them, and we didn't see any evidence of healing taking place whatsoever. But I was particularly obsessed with Peter Popoff. Because you see this guy, like, he's doing this faith healer shit to crowds of, like, thousands. He's, like, in stadiums and shit. Like, this guy is getting rich. You've got cancer of the stomach? Are you ready for God to burn that cancer out? If you've got pills as an act of faith, I want you just to throw them out in the aisles. Those of you up in the balcony, just throw them over the side. Amen. So these people come and they have tumors or cancer or like really bad things happening to them. Scary stuff that you should go to, I don't know, like a doctor about. And so Peter is screaming at them, shoving them to the floor by their faces, like having God have the tumor explode and suddenly you don't have cancer anymore. He's convincing people not to go to the doctor and not to take their medicine. This should be illegal. I'm fucking done. Also like old ladies, like he's manhandling these old women. He's like bashing them on the head with his hands and pushing them to the ground how is this helpful to anybody like when you leave the faith healing session unable to walk because the pastor threw you to the floor and you're 80 like first you had a knee issue now you have a shoulder issue too because the guy fucking threw can't god heal the tumor in a quieter way i know <laughs> one of the things he'd do he'd be like john john 3784 archwood road god is burning those blood clots out of his veins, out of his arteries. There it is. John Thomas, is that you over at 1313 Mockingbird Lane? You have blood clots, right? God is burning them right now. And I'm like, okay. This is a whole thing. So what he would do is he would call people out by name, tell them what yeah. their address is, and tell them what their <laughs> ailment is, and then <laughs> scream at them and push them to the ground and poof, they're healed. That's how it all works great. I, we meet this guy. He goes by the name Ben Check. He's a mentalist, and he was a friend of Randy's. And Randy, like, invites him. He's like, look, I'm taking this pop-off guy down. He's doing a show, like, downtown tonight. Do you want to come? And this Ben Check guy is like, girl, I am there. And so he goes, and, you know, he's giving us this whole thing about, like we all knew it was bullshit we all knew it was fake but like the emotion was so high you like you kind of get swept up in it and like the showmanship of it because he would like again throw people I cannot stress it enough I, he would put I their know. hand on their face and shove them and they would fall I, over and so if you if you had like an issue walking he would throw you to the ground and then break your cane over his knee and like send you home he took the cane this guy's cane then he's jogging the guy around in a circle I was like this is gonna end very badly but at the end of the night, this guy, Benchuk, is saying, like, Popoff said, I need people to come down to collect money for him. And basically, he had 15 buckets. And I'm supposed to go around the auditorium and collect cash. And as I get up close, I notice in his ear that there's an earpiece. There's no ear hole. 
It's a little piece of plastic in there. And I come back to Randy. I says, I think I know what's going on. And Randy goes, oh, so you're telling me a man who heals the deaf needs a hearing aid? (laughs) Yeah, that that checks out. It also seems like, again, people just want to believe this because everybody who got called up would have seen the earpiece too. Absolutely. People just want to fucking believe it. But this is when this Benchuk guy and Randy are like, all right, he is definitely wired up. He's connected to something. Randy gets on the phone with his friend Alec and he's like, Alec, you're a surveillance expert. This guy is using radio frequencies somehow. Can you help us? And Alec goes, probably not, but I will give it a try. So Alec shows up. Alec isn't good at selling his services. Alec is doing like undersell overperform. Right, because what happens is they go to this the next event that Peter Popoff. Also, have we talked about what a fake ass name that is? Peter Popoff? He sounds like... I don't know what he sounds like, but I don't like the guy. So they all go to his next event. It's Banachek, the Amazing Randy, and Alec. Alec dresses up full security guard costume, the hat, the badge, the whole thing. We have video of it. I would be way too scared to do this. And Alec is kind of scared himself, and he says as much. The day of the event, I dressed as a security guard. Complete uniform. Badge, shirt, radio, keys, everything. Another security guard. I just looked like one part of my cover. And I was nervous. But he walks in like he owns the place. He's dressed up completely. He sets up in a closet somewhere. He like sets up all his equipment. (laughs) He turns on the scanner and immediately picks up a frequency. And then, so he's like, you know, Peter Popoff is in the whole thing. He's like, oh, I'm just listening. I'm trying to like get the vibe. And all of a sudden, Alec hears. Hello, PD. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. And it's not a reenactment recording. This is the real thing that Alec heard. And the person speaking into Peter Popoff's ear is his wife. And she's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? If you can't hear me, you're going to be in real trouble. And I was like, you guys didn't do a sound check? Yeah, but knowing it's a scam, saying like, you're going to be in trouble because you're not going to be able to scam people out of money and convince them not to go to doctors if they have a tumor. What is wrong with you? So she's feeding him the names and the fucking street addresses. He's calling them out. He's giving all the information One of the people that stands up is a woman with a child. Rosa? Kamir. Is it Kamir? You've been taking a lot of medication? She's there with her son, Kipper, and he has a lump in his chest. Wait just a minute. Who's Kipper? He's got a lump in his chest. You want God to melt it right now? Kipper, stand up. God's going to burn that thing out. It's all fun and games, and I'm laughing my gay ass off until this little kid stands up with a tumor on his chest, and they think this is it. I want to know what happened to that kid. I want to know. I know. The rage I feel about this whole situation is unbelievable. So Randy's like, all right, I have plenty to take this guy down. He calls his best friend, Johnny Carson, books himself (laughs) on Carson's show, and just starts playing the audio. Turns out that God's frequency, I didn't know he used radio, is 39.170 megahertz. And God is a woman, obviously, and sounds exactly like Popoff's wife, Elizabeth. Has he seen this tape, though? No, he does not know about this until this very moment. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? You're fucking Peter Popoff at home watching this with your wife. Can you imagine that moment? (laughs) Girl, third love is back. I love talking like an expert on Third Love bras. Look, Third Love knows there's a perfect fitting bra for everybody and they are like on a mission to help you find the one for you. And you know what I love too? They're not a zillion dollars. Right. Because bras can be really expensive. So they're really high quality bras, but they start at $45. I'm just saying every single thing that is in your life should have a Fit Finder quiz. Third Love happens to have that, girl. So they ask you all these like questions to like pinpoint the perfect bra for you. And how many different sizes do they have? They have this scratch-free band, which if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And the cups range from double A to I, including half cups, which never happens. And the bands range from size 30 to 48. I'm telling you, you can find your size at Third Love. And you guys, they give back. Third Love donates all their gently used bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay area and across the United States. And so far, Third Love has donated over $20 million in bras. I love Third Love so much, you guys. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 10% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash TCO right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash TCO for 10% off today. Girl, you say my catchphrase this time. You know I was going to. (laughs) Third love, they're Patrick's first love. 
the one other appearance that he does, you guys, Barbara Walters is seven fucking thousand years old. Uh-huh. She had a talk show at the time. I don't know what it was, but y- Yuri Geller is on it, and he bends her key, like her house key. Right. She was really taken by it. So amazing Randy goes on. Barbara straight up is like, I don't believe you. I believe him. Yuri Geller took it. He went like this with it, with his finger. That's all. No pressure. And the key bent. You can see that. And I've carried it around because I found that I'm a believer now. Here is my identical key. Touch it and make it bend. Will you show it to the camera, please? Now, is it bent as much as this key or not? Barbara is fake crying, but she's really, really sad. She leads over like she almost falls out of her chair, like the disappointment that it's not true. Just like she could. And I'm like, Barbara, you were like an actual real respected journalist at this point. Right. And you're like believing the bending metal with his mind guy over the scientist. Barbara. Barbara. Like Marsha from OJ. Marsha! Barbara, what are you thinking? (laughs) But she's devastated. Like, her heart is shattered into a thousand pieces. She cannot handle the truth. I want to know that Barbara has spent the last 40 years trying to get every copy of this episode. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, she's going to, like, where'd you get that? Like, she's going to sue the filmmakers. Where did you get that? So now the whole thing, like, now, like, Uri Geller will go on an appearance, and then the next night, the amazing Randy will go on and totally say, like, here's the scam. Here's the illusion and yes. just out him all the yes. time. Then they're like, they're smacking yes. each other in the press. They're going back and forth. They're talking about all this bullshit. Randy writes a book about him. Nothing. He wrote a book about Nothing it. Randy does can take this guy down. So he goes, all right. Remember the Carlos hoax where he had to like make a hoax and then like pull the curtain back to prove to all the idiots that it was fake? Yeah. This is what he's doing with Yuri Geller. It's called Project Alpha. So he gets these two guys, Steve Shaw and Michael Edwards. Michael and Steve are like teenage kids. They're like teenagers and they're like reading all of Randy's books and learning how to do what Geller can do. Just for like to make it super clear, Geller is saying, I'm not a magician. I have psychic magical (laughs) powers. And everyone else is saying like, well, no, Uh you're lying and anybody can do this. Anybody can learn how to do this. The idea is that they're going to get these two kids to be studied by actual parapsychologists to prove that these kids are actually psychic and then they're going to do like the Carlos scam at the press conference and be like, no, we've been scamming you the whole time. None of this is fucking real. Exactly. And when we say kids, seniors in high school, everybody. Right. <laughs> but they were just good. They read the books. They read Randy's books. Yeah. Like they they just learned how to do it. So Randy sends this guy, the guy in charge of the study, and he's like, I wrote to Professor Phillips in order to advise him on how he should observe the alpha kids. As a matter of fact, I sent him a list of 11 rules in order to keep control of an experiment. Here's my list of rules. Do not fall for their bullshit. Don't accept Geller on Carson saying, I'm just not feeling the energy, the vibrations aren't right. The reason he's sending these rules is because he knows the scientists aren't going to follow them. Right. So the whole point is to say, these scientists want this to be real and they're going to do anything they can to confirm it. And the kids say that's true. Like, they're adults now, obviously, but they're like, yeah, yeah. so there were all, you know, all the rules that Randy set out, they violated them. Or they just like let all these things yeah. slide because they wanted it to be real. They just wanted it to right. be true. And these 17, 18 year old kids are like doing the Geller trick. And we see them like it's all filmed, of course, in this old like grainy footage. And we see them like switch out the spoons. Right. We see them do the right. stuff. They're focusing on one 17 year old scammer while the other one like right. pulls something out of his pocket and does like a quick <laughs> switch with the spoon. And no one notices it. It's crazy. And this study goes on and off for like four years, right? I thought it was a long weekend. I got to tell you, I thought it was Saturday and Sunday afternoon. My first watching of it, I thought the same thing. And then the second time, I was like, did they say four years? Like, these scientists were all in. And the kids are like, for four years of their life, they're scamming these scientists. And everyone at the end of the day believes that these kids have these psychic powers. These scientists believe this. And they go to the press conference, and the kids reveal that it was all a hoax. I'm going to ask these two gentlemen a very simple, direct question. Can you tell us how do you do it? As I walked up to the microphone, I said, it's very simple. I'll do it. Be quite honest. We cheat. You actually see the dropped jaws. Yeah. You see, you hear the audible screaming because America thought we had like confirmed psychic powers. <laughs> and so like Mike and Steve feel really bad because people were yeah. having like mental breakdowns over it, like journal, like yeah. reporters and stuff. And so like Randy thought that the world would go, oh, 
oh, okay, like, fuck this guy. Right. But it kind of backfired because people were basically like, Randy, why do you have to ruin everybody's good time? Like, we kind of <laughs> want to be scammed by this. We kind of want to believe it. And then people are coming for Randy now for, like, ruining the illusion. He's on a talk show where the talk show host is so mad. No, you say Yuri Gill is a fake. No. You came here and you're giving Never. everybody a lot of lip Never. service. No, no, no. Wait, and you no. haven't done anything. We're going for a commercial thing. break and you can piss That's off. His microphone out of the wall. He like he's like <laughs> over it, and people are just mad at the guy telling the truth. Because his whole point is that I'm not saying psychic abilities don't exist. I'm not saying the paranormal isn't real. I'm saying that these people are keeping us from finding out if it's yes, real. Exactly. You know, these fakers are keeping us from it. So let's debunk the nonsense and then go figure it out. Right, but that's not fun, Patrick. Says everyone else. I know. That's annoying. That's like a whole lot of work and a lot of thinking. And I just want to see Geller bend those spoons. So you guys were at the last 15 minutes that I've been screaming about for like the last two hours. And basically what happens is that like all of this debunking has been happening and Randy's been traveling the world and he and Jose, his like loving, loving Mm -hmm. partner, are home. I was here in the house and uh, I looked at the window and I saw a uniformed officer outside. They were all over the place. U.S. Marshals and FBI personnel as well, circling around, trying to prevent anyone from escaping. And I was like, well, now we're going to find out about the kitty porn. Now we're going to find out that he's a dirtbag and there's kitty porn. But that's not what happens, you guys. No, what happens is that Jose, who now his name is in air quotes because that's not his name, he's arrested for identity theft and passport fraud. So he's accused of living under a false identity for the past 25 years. And like, it's really dramatic. He is arrested on the spot. He's dragged out. We see his mugshot. I mean, his mugshot looks like they beat him within an inch of his life. They probably didn't, but he just looks scared out of his mind. And then, you know, next thing you know, we get an interview with Jose, who's like posted bail or whatever. You know, this whole movie is about authenticity and honesty. And Jose is here to sit down and say, yeah, it's true. For the last 25 years, everybody have known me as uh, Jose Alvarez. Um, But in reality, my real name is David Orangel Pena Arteaga. And in Venezuela, to be gay is uh, the most despicable thing that you can be. I'm probably going to start shaking and crying. Like, this shit makes me so fucking mad. We learned that when he was, like, a young kid, he was born in Venezuela. He grew up in Caracas. I know people from Caracas, you know? Like, I know these stories are true. And he said that, like, being gay there, and I'm not speaking for now. I'm just speaking for when Jose was growing up there, that, like, being gay was the worst thing you could be. You could never come out. You could never be honest. Anybody would rat you out. Your lover, your Mm -hmm. best friend, your parents would rat you out. He tells this insane story of going to a party. When I was 16 years old, I was at a party, Um, three guys came and grabbed me from behind and one of them put the gun to my head and started just yelling all kinds of things, the little and and so on and so on. I said, "I, I have to get out of here or I will be killed. So he escapes this country for his life. And he says that, like, he came on, like, an art scholarship or whatever. He came to study art. But, like, like anybody from any foreign country, you know, unless you're on the path to citizenship or you're applying for asylum, which is what he should have done but didn't know and didn't have any guidance and nobody to ask, like, the time that he could legally be in the country was up and, like, he either had to go back to his country where he probably would have been killed eventually or he meets some guy who offers to, like, sell him an identity. And in Jose's telling, he says... They told me that this person was deceased and that this name uh, didn't belong to anyone. So I I wrestled with that uh, situation for quite a while, whether to go ahead with this. But I just didn't have any choice. And for 25 years, he lives under this name, Jose Alvarez, which is not his real name. And so this is what happened. Like 25 years later, the real Jose Alvarez, who isn't dead, the guy who sold him the identity lied to him. So the real Jose Alvarez applied for a passport. And that was when the government was like, wait, there's already a Jose Alvarez with this social security number with a passport. They track him down and now he's in big fucking trouble. Well, they also don't explain that very well because it sounds like someone named Jose Alvarez tried to get a passport. And I'm like, that's not an uncommon name. Like, 
like, why did it take 25 years for this to happen? Like, they don't mention the social security number. Like, you did a great job, girl, I gotta say. But they, they don't make that very clear here at all. Yeah, and then we get this interview with Randy where he's having a conversation with the producer. And this, again, was where I was like, is any of this real? No. Because, like, this felt very scripted. But, like, the producer is saying, like, I want to talk to you about this. If I don't have to say, yes, I knew that he had a false identity and he perpetrated it out of the, of the American nation, I don't want to say that. Now, none of this must be used. I mean, really, I... Uh, if I thought that any of this would be used, I, I would abandon the film entirely. No, no, I no. know the camera is rolling, but I don't want you to use any of the things that I'm saying to you. But I'm just going to keep talking and acknowledge that I always knew that he was living under like a false identity. Yeah, because Randy is insisting everything needs to be erased. I trust you. I trust you. And then the filmmaker assures him it'll be destroyed. Yet here we are watching it. So it's nine months later. They go to the sentencing. It's an immigration judge, and they're very afraid that the immigration judge is just going to, like, deport him. And the judge doesn't. He gets sentenced to um, mm -hmm. time served and house arrest. And then, like, luckily, marriage equality happens pretty soon thereafter, and they go and get married. But again, it's confusing because we're told that, like, because of what Jose did, he's actually not eligible to become a U.S. citizen. But then they right. go and get married anyway. So we don't really know what that means, what, what sort of, like, status that gives Jose. So Randy and Jose get married. Randy's 81 years old. God love you. And then it's at the very, very end. I was thinking of you because I know that you never stick through the credits. I watch everything just in case. Like for this very reason, we I are know, living it. I know. And it said, oh, and by the way, Randy gave permission to use all the footage that he was screaming about that needed to be destroyed. And now I don't believe anything. I know. Because I was like, I'm, I usually don't make it that far. They should have told us that much sooner. I was thinking like, if I was directing this, as he's saying, don't use this, I would have had like the on screen text uh -huh. like a cnn crawl that's like yeah like a, like just blinking totally the old queen eventually gave permission for us to use this footage yeah I, i'm not garbage don't get mad at me don't get mad at me he said it's okay he said it's okay <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> We thought this episode was over, but we're jumping in with some breaking news. Yeah, we just heard that the amazing James Randi has passed away. He died at 92. Yeah, he died on October 20th, which is after we recorded this episode. And it, we sort of just found out this morning. Yeah, and um, the, the James Randi Educational Institute wrote a very, very short post that said he had an amazing life. We will miss him. And yeah, he died due to age-related causes. He lived a very, very long, very productive and fascinating life. We love him and you know to the end Jose was with him and his husband and he survived by uh, Jose and a sister and a brother and you know this isn't a sad ending like he died like a happy wealthy loved old man. Yeah and you know what I'm gonna do in, in memoriam what? I'm gonna go YouTube the time he went on Carson to play the Peter Popoff footage. That, I'm gonna YouTube Jump. the whole interview <laughs> in honor of you amazing Randy. That's the rest of my day. <laughs> Oh my God, you guys, we did an honest liar. Listen, it's really worth watching this documentary. It is a really, really, really good documentary. I just didn't like the last 10 minutes. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, if you want more Jillian and me, some more fun laughs, good times, join us on the Patreon, you guys. Over 150 full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second. Like I've been saying, we're knee deep in the vow. It's controversial, girl. It's con let me to, to put it lightly. And nothing about the vow is light or fun at all, but we're here we are. It's crazy, but it's also All Be Gone in the Dark and... Um, Tiger King, Don't F with Cats, uh, Fear City, About the Mob, that was fun. All like Serial, Making a Murderer, The Staircase, The Jinx, Lorena. It is every series you've ever wanted us to cover right yeah. there on Lady Pates. And we're going to do this again, like you always say, like 50 years after we're dead. So whatever comes totally. up, we're doing it all. We're doing all the series. We got, we got you covered. We're doing them. Don't forget Thursday, you guys. You're getting another episode in your regular feed this week. We're go we're covering whatever episode it is of Unsolved Mysteries. Whatever episode it is, it's awesome. They're all fucking great. Yeah, we're doing all of them. We're doing all yeah. the we're doing all the long term series, and we're doing all the Unsolved Mysteries. So here you totally. go. Don't worry about it. We gotcha. Girl, what are we doing next? Do you know? We are doing Son of Sam: Hunt for a Killer. Ooh! I haven't watched it yet, but I my I have a story about Son of Sam, so I'll t I'll save it for that up. Oh my god! The only thing I know about Son of Sam was that um Spike Lee movie Summer. Of Sam with Adrian Brody, my boyfriend. Well, my parents lived through the summer of Sam, so oh story time. God. Yep. All right, you guys, stay tuned for the trailer for that and our hilarious and fun outtakes. Tm tm tm. Yeah, and go watch, go watch an honest liar and cut it off 15 minutes before that. Totally. <laughs>
You'll like We it. love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. I am here on Earth to create havoc and terror. New York, 1977. A gunman is targeting young couples. When he pulled something out of his pocket and started firing into the car. And I was yelling out for help, and then I collapsed over the roof of the car. The NYPD believe a serial killer is on the loose, but they have no leads. Then, on May the 30th, famed journalist Jimmy Breslin opens a letter from the killer. Mr. Breslin, sir, I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. This guy, Ray, sounds like a real sweetheart. Like, I gotta meet He's this guy. <laughs> the best. Like, he was my tutor for years. And so, basically, to, like, trick me into learning stuff, like, out would come the cards. And oh he, like, God. he still, to this day, like, will teach Mike and I re- really cool card tricks that have stories. And like, suddenly, like, all the jacks are in one place and all the queens are in one place. It's like, I'm obsessed with it. It's so great. This guy has definite, like, Larry Kramer vibes. You know what I mean? He's very, very And I'm like, what did Idaho ever do to you, girl? Like, (laughs) if you're listening in Idaho, we love you. So Randy's like, get me on the phone with the prop guy. And the prop, ooh. (laughs) What just happened? Oh, my God. My egg crate just fell on me, my little cocoon. That was terrifying to watch in real That's a fun outtake. Good thing this thing is soft. Just, I, oh, yeah, it it just gave me the, it gave me the heebie-jeebies, girl. Yeah, I didn't like it either. 